0: Sometimes you just need to get the Hurst potato chips. Sometimes I do. I've missed them. And yeah, me too. Sometimes on the way home, I'll stop at a Wawa and just get um, Fritos. Just Fritos.
1: But I do laugh at the fact that they have the, I'll say, audacity to try to come up with a
0: heat scale. <laughs> why, why would they? So That's terrible. So
1: I, I don't know. I'm going to guess it might have been the Pocky chips. You know, the ones that I talk about, the, the, the ones that are tortillas. They're trying to keep up. Yeah, because ever since that became a thing and everybody's like, we got these super hot chips now. The, I'm sorry, hers decided they need to come up with a heat scale. They created a brand new type no. of hot chip called fire hot chips, and they are the top of the hot scale. They're not very hot, by the way. <laughs> and then they had... Fire cheese curls, which are also supposed to be hot. They're not hot, by the way. And then medium begins at the red hot chips that I'm used to eating, the ones I like mm. because they still because their red hot chip recipe has and some combination of like
0: salt, so sugar, and cayenne. So is this? Oh, so this, is, is this does this pack have a rating system on it? Because you yeah. are eating jalapeno. Let me see. Yeah, they're considered mild. But uh, I was gonna say if they were considered anything but mild, that would oh be my laughable. Gosh, look at that. I had no idea they were doing that. Yeah. Well, oh, you know what? You know what? The, the, so they're not saying, they're not saying that this is the Scoville like universal units. This is their. This is
1: their yo. This, this is, is theirs. This is but this is
0: this, so that, so the hot is as hot as they're gonna go.
1: Yeah, but it's still funny. Like they say, hot name the chip fire, <laughs> that indicates we're trying to get hot like those guys. But we can't match it because we want people to keep buying the bags. Well, Because no Taco one's Bell's buying haunted ghost
0: pepper Pocky chips regularly. No, I'm no, sure no. of it. Doesn't Taco Bell... I mean, that stuff's got to be behind glass. I no, mean, no,
1: not not they're haunted ghost peppers or not. It's the it's the coffin chips that are like where they have the warning labels at the Wawa's. Where it's like, you <laughs> could vomit if you eat these chips. Please don't do
0: it. It's like behind the counter, there's um cigarettes. And then there's like the e-cigarettes. And then there's like the, the tobacco in the little pouches. And then there's the Pocky chip. I wish that's how they served them. To be honest with you, I like, got like one. Dangerous. pocket. I need some? to see your ID, sir. I feel like the level of caffeine in the energy drinks now are getting dangerous too. It's scary. So I don't think those. I don't think those should be like right next to like the iced teas in the, in the thing because it's dangerous. I actually
1: wonder how that even that's works in like people. Like, I guess I can't mm-hmm. talk because I mean I used to drink them like wildfire. Yeah, I mean, me like, too. Can't, like
0: water, but me too. But like you know, I you know I'm in my forties. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but but, I mean, but we drank them in our twenties. Yeah, and I wager that if they existed when we were in our teens, because God, we're old, um, we would have been drinking them then too. So, how does two Mm. cans of Monster a day affect
0: a teenager? Yeah, but no, I feel like the the levels are even higher now, and then they add more stuff into it. Anyway, welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, everybody. (laughs) Yeah, we, we talk about food and
1: treats. It's the Food and Treat Podcast. Yeah,
0: man, every week. We listen to great video game music from all consoles and all generations. My name is Rob Nichols. And we also review food. And sometimes, well, you eat some food. That is true. I usually just eat like a granola bar. This is a peanut butter and jelly um, Trader Joe's bar. Those are delicious, by the way. It's gluten-free. I'm trying to to get dairy out of my system, too. Um, This is World 30, episode two. We gotta do another food episode. We should. Uh, I, I'm starving. Let's do it. <laughs>
1: and we still need to get Chris Murray for the wine pairings. I don't know if he wants to do that or something. But that I would don't be know. Fun.
0: I think he needs to send us the wine, and then we'll drink it on the show. <laughs> that would be hilarious. <laughs> like but that a full bottle. So you can just put them in like little uh, Tupperware containers, and they'll send them out. So it's like little bottles, you know. That would be hilarious. tiny little bottles, and then you and I would just. Here's a Sauvignon Blanc
1: young? I just made that up, but I'm sure it's probably a weird, a real wine somewhere. <laughs>
0: that might be our Sauvignon Blanc. Maybe we'll do. I mean, we usually have like champagne or something for the uh, the anniversary show, but for maybe our 300th episode, we'll do a special live stream where you and I—I I don't know—we do, can drink a Sacre Bleu. We'll do wine pairings with classic video games. Oh, that would be fun! Like
1: I, I would swish this along to a nice classic glass of Cideraris.
0: <laughs> classic kid at and then you get at, at the end you know i put in um battle toads and then you're like no no i quit no i
1: quit i'm not drinking merlot and then, <laughs> then get who am i kid not merlot um malbec or what's yeah. that there's like a really weird one that people hate in chicago that i can't remember right now but i like it's malbec it's probably, but no, it's not malbec no. i'm getting the name wrong it's like a licorice malort there we go Malort. they hate malort never heard of that one I'm fine with it. It's like a licorice taste, but everyone and their mom, like, has fours <laughs> <or is> malort, <laughs> malort, and I chuckle at
0: the idea. Yeah, of look at that. Licorice. It's got an umlaut over the O. Yes. It's a brand of... Jepson's. ...Basque liquor, introduced in the 30s, produced by Chicago's Carl Jepson's company. Oh, no, this isn't wine. It's it's a liquor.
1: Yeah, but I just still would pair it with Battletoads because I need something stronger to get me through that atrocious
0: game. Oh, now I need to know what Basque liquor is. Wikipedia, it'll save the day. Oh, it's uh, Swedish-style spiced liquor flavored with wormwood. Excellent. <laughs> That's a great idea. <laughs> I chuckled at the idea that we were earlier
1: discussing, like, you were like, do you want to do an intro thing to this for the show? And I was like, I don't really feel like I got it in me or anything. And you were like, yeah, I guess we should just get started. <laughs> and then we just kind of impromptu yeah, that Um, one.
0: Yeah, because you were eating the chips and I was curious. So if you're interested in amazing content like this. (laughs) 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 Go nuts. That's going to patreon.com slash rhythm and pixels. Every week we do a um, just about every week we do a prequel episode in which we chat about what's on our minds and what's in our bellies. And it really is random like this. Again,
1: this was not planned.
0: It says heat in huge letters and then write little letters right below it.
1: Mild. (laughs) Which I always chuckle at. I was like, does the idea like going to a like Hooters or Buffalo Wild Wings. You're like, what kind of wing do you want? I'm like, mild. And they just bring out like a cup of butter and say, here are your mild wings, sir. Like, am I really yeah. eating wings at all? Am I ordering mild? Because you really just put butter on them and shake a little chili powder in it. Yeah, like, you, it's not even a sauce at this point. It's yeah. just melted butter. You
0: go, the, you go to the sports bar and, you know, all all the, all the all the sports are on the TVs and everyone's like getting like this big wings and they have to wear bibs because the food's getting everywhere. And you're like... I'll have noodles with butter please. <laughs> that would be me at this point. It's on the kids menu. <laughs> <laughs> I no I'll have mild noodles. A mild noodles. That's what you order. I want the mild noodles. Yo, give me give me noodles, mild. Yo Mickey, give me some noodles with butter. <laughs> noodles with nothing. <laughs> nothing. Um so this week, we're um, we're getting closer to um, the Halloween time, mm-hmm. right? So this episode will actually, I think it might be our Halloween episode. Look at that, yeah. It really will be. Yeah, this weekend, this weekend, everybody, is Halloween. Getting this spooky coming weekend. with it. So we're, na-na-na-na-na-na-na, getting spooky with it. Na-na, <laughs> cripes. Yeah. Um, so we're talking about monsters. Monsters! Bernal's talking about his favorite monsters. And by the way, and I'm saying it now
1: because I think you're going to forget. This episode card has to, in some form, involve Paul Anka, damn it. It has to involve Paul Anka. Oh, okay. Thank you. I'll, I'll, the episode what? It has to... The, the episode oh, card art. Art has to involve Paul Anka.
0: Must have Paul Anka. Okay. So it's going to be a giant Paul Anka, like, destroying Tokyo, and you're going to be like <laughs> Ultraman <fighting. laughs> I'd be fine with that. hope I, I give myself enough time to do that. I'm really, I'm really excited to do it.
2: Th-
0: it's good to have... um. Direction. Sometimes, like I just pick a game that we that we played on the show, and then I just do it. So I was like, "What about if you were the main guy from Dragon? I've Dragon Quest. <laughs> hey, I like that guy. But I've always steered clear of that artist's Akira Toriyama. Uh, Akira Toriyama for the show because the heads are always so big. And like the bodies are kind of little, that like you can't really put an actual human head on those things and it looks like decent enough. Well, you could, but then it just indicates that that must be one sturdy body. So, yeah, I gave, I put myself on the lady because, hey. She fights with a whip. I fight, I fight with a whip. Now. Exactly. It's yeah. fitting.
1: It fits, it fits the Rob Nichols battle
0: stud. That's right. You know, my, my house full of whips. That's right. Come, come into my bedroom and see my whip collection. <laughs> poof, poof. Um, yeah, so but I don't know the characters from Dragon Quest. There's Dragon Quest Man, Dragon Quest Lady, Dragon Quest Troll Person. At some point, they meet a dragon.
1: I actually, the funny thing
0: is, can I be the dragon from Dragon Quest? Aside from as
1: monsters, I can't recall too many times where dragons were the were a major component of the plot. It's slimes, right? It's all about the slimes. Oh, I love slimes.
0: I love the slimes. It's delicious. Um, So anyway, we're talking about monsters this week. Uh, Games with monsters, games featuring monsters, games with great monsters in them. And I got to
1: say, it's funny. I almost want to do this topic in the future again because (laughs) I feel like I'm not even remembering some that I really love that if I put more time to like digging deep because you got to figure how many games do we all play where it's just like a passing fad? Like you'll be fighting a thing. It's like, oh. Boom, knock the guy out, keep running past him. Knock the guys out, keep running past him. They're just experience points to us, you know? But there could be this really cool design that a guy toiled and towered over on his pad to draw and create and get him animated. And you're just like, whip,
0: give me my points. I think about that all the time. Like, um, especially like in shoot 'em ups and stuff where they're just gone immediately. You know, you're playing the game and the ship is like super detailed. And and it's just like, like every little. Piece of it is animated, and it's got like so much resolution, and it looks beautiful. And like you're just blowing it up without even thinking about it. One bullet, bam, knocked it out of the sky. So, but you got to keep that combo rolling. Yeah, exactly. You got to keep it going, and, and so you just, you just and even, even the main character ship. Like half the time, are not even looking at it. But um, so, I'm gonna start with some music. So <laughs> we can <laughs> actually listen to some music today. Um, I'm gonna go with a Super Famicom title that um I just discovered. It's called. Hamelin no Violin Hiki, which means the violinist of Hamelin. It's based off of a manga and um, an anime series that was... A mangame. A mangame? A mangame. Oh, is that what they call it? That's what I'm calling it. Uh, That's what I'll call it too. (laughs) So it's based off of a uh, Japanese mangame. I don't know. Japanimation. Um, This is called Outside the Monster's Tower. It's composed by Yoshiyuki Mori. Let's go. we're back. You're listening to actually deep inside the monstrous tower. Um, yeah. And this is from the game. The, um, it's actually translated to the violinist of Hamelin. Mm-mm. Um, also in known as Hamelin no violin Hiki for the super Famicom composed by Yoshiyuki Mori. So this is a, this is a weird fantasy world. Um, in the manga and the anime, um, where it's supposed it's called Europe but all of like the countries where they go visit are named after like um, uh, musical terms, like staccato and allegro, and all that other stuff. And then all of these mo- all these demons are coming out from this one part of the world that are coming out and like just like destroying towns and killing people. But they're named also after instruments, um. like trombone and, and stuff like that. And so and it follows this main guy Hamlin. Um, who fights with a magical violin, but a huge violin. Okay. Um, and it, it's, it look, that's all I really know about it. It looks really kind of fun. At so the, the b- end, does it
1: turn that it's all in his head in his deathbed?
0: I have heard of that story before, for now.
1: That's the Eternal Sonata plot.
0: Yeah, no, this is something different. I mean, I don't I don't know. All, all I know is that's kind of the plot of the show. Um, the manga was either produced or distributed by Enix. And so this game was made by Enix. Okay. Which is pretty neat, and uh, it's a side-scrolling uh, platforming game. Um, again, you're like a little dude with a right. giant violin.
1: I just like the idea that he's got this elegant instrument, but yeah. he just like
0: clubs people with it. But um, the whole soundtrack is very—it's there's there's it's it's not video gamey at all. It's very atmospheric. It's very um, symphonic.
1: He could launch bows now. That I think about it. if he like held it to his arm like he was playing it, like <laughs> brrr, or like pulled it back mm-hmm. somehow, like just launches them.
0: Well, one of his main powers is costumes. I think in the in the manga or something, he's like really obsessed with like trying to get like the party he's with to dress up in costumes. Mm-hmm. And so in the game, dramatic like hero. Yeah. So I think that's part of like who he's like dramatic. So in in the game, you get different costumes and they give you different powers. But there's like weird ones like a clown and a UFO and they let you fly and like make platforms and stuff. I gotta tell you, it looks really cool.
1: I am a huge, huge sucker for games where you get costume powers. A mm-hmm. sucker for them, like. Costume Quest. I consider Kirby to technically
0: be. Yeah, I was going to say powers. Powers. He gets powers from that. Um, Tiny Toons. Tiny Toons. Wait, Tiny Toons did costume powers? Am I forgetting something? Well, you're Buster until you get the Plucky costume. Oh, stop it! Kid. You're actually turning into Pluck. That's how he weirder than it should be. But actually. it is kind of like that because, like, you suddenly you're this. You have the, the same powers, but just like you can fly a little bit.
1: Yeah, I guess that's true. You can mm-hmm. you can say the it's basically just like shoving himself into a plucky outfit. Um, <laughs> but you have weird. like the magical chase star and Mickey and Minnie. They get costumes the To turn them into stuff. Uh, I had one of my head that I'm a l I think I said costume quest
0: earlier. Yeah, what's that? What's that old Sega game where he puts the masks on? Kid Chameleon. Kid Chameleon. That's another good one. Oh, where yeah. You put on the mask and he becomes a new thing. Like. I am a huge sucker
1: for that kind of thing and I wish more games did it and of course Thousand Arms my favorite character in a Thousand Arms was Nelsha the Dressmaster. <laughs> she puts uh, on costumes she gets
0: a brand new personality and powers to match well we're also forgetting one of my favorite games of all time
1: oh I, I didn't forget it I intentionally forgot it you intentionally I, I kid you left oh, off Final
0: Fantasy 10 10 part 2
1: I like I said I joke
0: about that but really I feel like that's the thing I've heard people say was good about the game. Yeah, it's it was uh, a job system that you could switch on the fly during battle, and they changed costumes, and they were all cool looking. Mm-hmm. I'm like, can't go wrong with that.
1: And you have a character named Pain because she brings it.
0: <laughs> she was awesome. We the best theme in the game.
1: But they all had their own themes? Yeah. Um, oh, I, character themes. Character,
0: character themes, yeah. I guess they would play like, when they're talking about their backstories and stuff. We played it on, a, on an episode a while back. I hope it was this year because I want to put it on my top ten.
1: If it wasn't, and he's like, yeah, you got a couple of months slipping in there. This episode's theme is grapefruit and various types of fruit. I'm going to play Payne's theme because I don't know. Actually, actually, likes well,
0: grapefruit? What I feel bad about is I have not been keeping the um, the database alive. Dun, 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 so oh. it's all on the website and has not been transcribed into a spreadsheet. Nah, yeah, I nah. know. The last time it took me like a couple of weeks.
1: <laughs> Maybe my, we could tackle it like one inch, like back, like two halves of it. My you
0: know. hands hurt. <laughs> um, but anyway, it's a very short track. It's a, there's there's an outside So I originally picked outside the monster's tower. Um, because I thought it sounded great, but I didn't realize there was all of this background noise, and I think it's thematic in the game. Like it's raining, boss. Like it's raining, or there's a train. It's probably, it probably rain, but I didn't realize that because I was just listening to the soundtrack at work, and my office is right next to the server room, which doesn't have a great seal on the door, so I just hear this white noise all the time, just fans blowing. So I just I just assumed that's what it was. <laughs> So, lesson learned. I'll bring my headphones to work. Turns out they actually do keep a server room outside the Monster Tower. But, yeah, I, I mean, in in this small investment firm in a stuffy little office in, in Wilmington, I am blasting video game music because I can't hear it over <laughs> 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 over all the white noise in the room. And that's what I do every week for the show. You're I, welcome, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, It's just fun to listen to game music at work. It is. It is. Especially, like, like just... It's a good opportunity to zone out and listen to new soundtracks and be
1: honest with you like all the way through you know if someone were to say how when do you find time to listen like why don't you listen to more podcasts yourself that's probably a large part of it because if i were to do it at work i'm like well i need to be listening for music for the show
0: (laughs) yeah i I could listen to music on other people's shows or i could just but that feels like cheating (laughs) well it would be if you pick their music maybe i do listen to kvgm every week i love his show and it's like it's the the perfect chunk Mm -hmm. because it's 30 minutes long and it takes me about 15 minutes maybe 12 minutes to get to work and then I don't get out of the car and I listen to the rest I can dig that because it's so good Um, I just I love what he's doing
1: in my case lately is believe it or not it's been the VGM journey oh yeah I I think I mentioned it recently but it's like it just happens to air he'll put out an episode like right when I'm about to cook dinner Mm -hmm. and it's like well what do you know I'm about to use the kitchen and I need some audible sounds oh and he's gonna have Chris Murray on I'll start that up. <laughs> or I'll be about to get in a car to drive up to like Exton. It's like, well, I'm going to be in the car for 45 minutes. And look what just came out.
0: That's when I got into the Legacy Music Hour. I was playing DDR up in um, PA and it was like an hour, hour and a half. And so I would just listen to full episodes. And then eventually I went through their entire show and I went back and listened to it again. I've listened to their, their podcast twice. Wow. All the way through before their hiatus. See, that's dedication. That's a lot. I know that's boredom. That's driving. <laughs> Not it's, it's a fantastic show, and um, but like, yeah, you know it's better than the radio. Oh yeah, yeah. Sometimes NPR is pretty good.
1: I don't know, but it's no LGM. It's, it's NPR. L- Lmh.
0: NPR is no LMH, and certainly no Ljn. <laughs> well, then again, who can who can truly beat Ljn? Don't L- answer that. Ljn versus Lmh. I think that's that's an episode they should be doing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, this is such a short track and. We talked over quite a bit of it. Yeah, let's uh, let's move on to your first one.
1: All right, so I may as well pick the track, or rather the monster that even made me want to do the episode topic in the first place, because I thought it would be funny to discuss the monster. Um, This comes from the game Castlevania Portrait of Ruin, and the track title is Jail of Jewels, Um, and this is composed by Michiro Yamane. Oh, hey. Yeah, the all-star. That's right. This whole obviously money in my packs so are gonna tricks are gonna be all stars today. Oh, I love it. Welcome back. You're listening to Jail of Jewels from the game Castlevania Portrait of Ruin, originally released on the Nintendo DS and composed by Michiro Yamane. So. So, for now. There's going to be a running theme for my monsters in that none of them are scary. My idea of a good monster or favorite monster is usually ridiculous or wacky or something that makes me just kind of cross my eyes and go, they really did that? So, in the case of this game, this is the first time I actually noticed the monster and took you know, actually you all took notice of the monster, but apparently she existed in other Castlevania games as well. Oh, so okay. you're running through Dracula's castle, the idea being that he's back yet again, his castle's materialized, a bunch of crazy random rooms reassorted as they always do, and you're on the path to stop him, this time for good. Yes. And as you're running through the main hallway, going up the great stairway, what do you see? A maid with a vacuum cleaner just vacuuming the floor. That is Persephone. That is the demon maid that works in Dracula's castle, keeping it get clean. She was in was, it, was she in Symphony of the Night also? Mm-mm. Oh. Apparently, her first one was like a PS2 game. Apparently, oh, but uh, I find it just hysterical that Dracula's Castle has all sorts of gross, disgusting monsters dripping all over the floor, depending on the area you're in. And you got bats. <laughs> just dropping back droppings on the ground. <laughs> You've got ghouls, creepy, grappy, ghouls, ghosts, just monsters abound. And then you have this maid with a vacuum cleaner just running the halls, <laughs> keeping things spotless just for her master. Well, and if you get involved yeah. and try to interrupt her work, she puts the vacuum cleaner down, she does a curtsy bow, and she goes into a kung fu stance. She goes <laughs> to tail, and it's amazing that well, this well, maybe it's, you
0: know, The castle is so big, it's constantly changing. So she's like, Look, these rooms are gonna be clean. These other rooms, who knows what's happening over there?
1: <laughs> it's like we have a guest over, it's like as long as the main room's good, exactly. maybe, maybe they won't go to the maybe exactly. they won't go
0: to the haunted sea well, water well. He's like, All right, all right, look, he wants Belmont in the house again. You he, he can come to the living room, you can come into the den, you can come into the kitchen, but not the bedrooms, okay? Uh, the, the the bedroom here The second bedroom Or even the guest room Those rooms are off limits yeah, goes like, And so And then Belmont's like Rushing through and, and then she's like Oh not again
1: Stop smashing the candles <laughs> I just put those up <laughs> Yeah exactly I just, I just like the that idea The game is about all about
0: Smashing everything it's Like oh I gotta find the hearts Gotta find the items
1: You're destroying Dracula's castle yeah. And these maids Have to run through And pick it up It's insane And you know those vacuums Are not special They have Yeah it's like Maybe you have the vacuum bags The skeleton head Or skull mm. But it's not special. It's sucking up just like any other back. does. Right, and does. so
0: when the castle's destroyed and then the next hundred years, right, it comes back up again, then the, the maids have that much more work to do.
1: <laughs> I like to at least hope that when it rematerializes, it starts off clean.
0: It starts clean it The start-
1: monsters have a big party Welcome back Dracula baby it's, it, it starts off clean
0: But Dracula just can't help himself He keeps making more monsters And she's like No, 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 no no! Stop not- it Hey, hey! Not the bedroom Not the guest room
1: God master I think the bellbot Will have enough trouble <laughs> With death by himself Do you really need Another hallway Of shambling One kill zombies
0: I love the idea That Dracula's Inviting people over For like a New Year's party Like we would invite Like have like A, a little house party it's just a big dinner party. It's a dinner party I think for it's, Dracula. It's, i do
1: not even think of so much him inviting them. It's <laughs> the fact that the castle materializes, which by virtue of that happening, or by extension of the castle materializing, the monsters inhabit it. Like, because like they they're a they're a package set. You so the you monsters don't think, are back. You they don't have think
0: Dracula's inviting them first.
1: No, they come with the castle because you got to figure if he was inviting them, where are they coming from?
0: The hell, I don't know.
1: All those monsters. He materializes the castle like, oh, baby, Dracula's you, back!
0: Just just because they're monsters, are you insinuating they 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 don't have homes? Are you insinuating? I am.
1: I'm insinuating that they're going to Dracula's castle and they stay
0: there. I refuse to believe. They this.
1: have to get the either no, they're coming with the castle. No, no, no. They, have a,
0: they have a they have a they have a condo on the south side,
1: and they're vacating it for the castle <laughs> then. So that is just unused real estate
0: over no. in the swamp for the mud men. The Medusa heads. They're from the Bronx. Okay, <laughs> the, Bronx. Uh, the giant knights would like you throw the axes. Oh, X-Night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're from Manhattan. Yeah, it, I, I could see that. Yeah, actually. yeah. Three of them are bouncers for shows. They,
1: they, they double as pizza slicers.
0: <laughs> Two of them are actors, but they work in coffee shops. Well,
1: oh, yeah, you got to make a make yeah, a living.
0: In Dumbo. Um, <laughs> so d- why Dumbo? I don't know. That's the first, like, like weird New York place I could think of. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, we're moving on to our next track. I like this. Um Whoops, where's my list? Here's my list, everybody. We're going to listen to a game from the PC Engine. It's called Monster Pro Wrestling, composed by Kanta Watanabe. And this is fight number three. This is, tr- this is a fight number three from the game Monster Pro Wrestling for the PC Engine. Can't imagine why this never came out on the TurboGrafx-16 in North America, but hey, it's by Kanta Watanabe. And I was just feel like this had like a really similar feel to the last track. Like, kind of heroic.
1: <laughs> Dashing debonair.
0: Um, so this really caught my eye. Yeah, Yes, yes, I Google searched Monster in PC Engine. Saw what came up. You know, he's smiling at me.
1: Hey, hey, hey. I'm not knocking it. I... I understand that this is honestly a challenging topic, especially if you like like well let's be honest here. We know we know you have a very structured list of game singulars <laughs> that you play. I know. So, so uh, I understand if you're not gonna be like here are all the monsters I remember from that specific game. But mm, But this is
0: this is a weird one. Like I I I'm not gonna I'm not just gonna pick like the first game that I find. You pick the second. I picked the I picked the weirdest <laughs> game I could find. This is this I've is I've never so, heard of this honestly. So odd. All right, so um, essentially, it is a turn-based RPG mm-hmm. with pro wrestling, except the the wrestlers are monsters instead of people. So this came out around the time, I guess, like ninety, yeah, ninety two. So, so fire pro wrestling has been a big thing, and so they're kind of cashing in on that. But they want, I guess, instead of. Humans, I it's giant monsters.
1: I think there's a part of them that were like, "What
0: if every monster in this game was the Amazon from pro wrestling?" <laughs> they do look kind of like that. So throughout the game, you're creating like you're from pieces, like different parts, uh, the character. Are you build the monster? You, you actually build it out, which is really, really strange. Build the wrestler works. Yeah. Like you change the head, you change the arms, you change all that stuff. Um, and I, I'm so glad I looked up hardcore gaming 101 because I had no idea what this was about.
1: You know what this makes me think um, about?
0: It's got a really strange story. What's that?
1: It makes me think of Cyber Base Wars if the construction of the, mo- the wrestler also results in different stats for the wrestler. Yes,
0: it is kind of like that. I, I, th- I would imagine like that. I would hope it's like that. Um, but it's turn-based instead. Because um, I know Cyber Base... It's a turn-based wrestling yeah, game? Yeah, it looks turn-based. So, <laughs> okay, the premise is in the year 1999, Monsters 1999, far in the future. Yeah. <laughs> This just came out in 92, so I guess they were like, you know, real soon, it's going to happen.
1: It blows my mind, by right away just thinking about that. Like, working yeah. in IT and database design and all that stuff for years, how, when you think about, like, placeholder years or far-flung future years, we're always like, yeah, 3,000, you know, 29 99 these guys were like far future, five years from now. Yeah, this is going to
0: happen. <laughs> well, It's more exciting that way. Like it could happen tomorrow. <laughs> um, okay, so it's 1999. Monsters have overtaken the earth, and they've driven all the humans underground. So we are escaping the monsters. In order to prove their worth, one scientist takes his son and transforms into a beast so he can compete in a wrestling tournament.
1: It's just a concept. But- so
0: he transforms himself from a human into a monster. So you're you're changing into a monster to fight the other monsters. monsters.
1: How does that prove the worth of humans, though? He had to become a monster... In a wrestling ring. (laughs) He had to become a monster to prove that humans were decent? That that just means that... It just shows that humans need to be monsters
0: to compete on the level of monsters. I think it's a great I think it's a great idea for a game, and I think whatever story they needed to make to get there... <laughs> oh,
1: it's a great idea for a story, it. but it's a flawed logic. <laughs> yeah. How do we prove to the monsters that humans have worth? How about we
0: become monsters? Maybe the humans were them. like... Were it like, was
1: humans all alone!
0: It was humans. I mean, who created the monsters in the first place for Where did the monsters begin?
1: Well, when a monster mommy loves a monster daddy very much... Then they genetically splice themselves together and, and form then, a, a yeah. monster. Band. And they,
0: they form a pro wrestling um, league. Of course, when the, if you have a more logical way for that to happen, I'd like to hear it. I mean that that's the ultimate form of love is pro wrestling. That's what I, I think so. That's what I learned as a child. <laughs> it watching makes honest goodness sense pro wrestling. I didn't watch a lot of pro wrestling. I loved pro wrestling.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Glow, WWF, NWO. Was are, in are, you, are you
0: watching any of it now? Nah, I can't do it now.
1: So, like, when I was a kid, it's like the Easter Bunny and all that mess. And if anybody's got any kids listening to this that don't know this, I'm sorry. Uh, but it's like with the Easter Bunny, when you learned that the Easter Bunny was real, wasn't real, it's like, yeah, Wait I minute. can still enjoy some of these
0: things because free candy's great. Are you telling me that pro wrestling is the Easter Bunny?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I absolutely tell you that. And it's that part, is like, just like with the Easter Bunny or Santa Claus, you know, as you start to come to understand or believe that there could be reason to believe that that guy falling off the top of that cage onto that other guy, and then the other guy just gets back up, that was all staged. I love it. That was all planned. No, no, no. Hawk Hogan, when he got punched 20 times in the face by that guy, he was able to stand because we all unanimously cheered Hawkamania. That's why it works. It's real. Don't tell me. And then you realize it's like... I guess I have to accept it. There's no way around it. This is fake. And some people love that because they treat it like basically what it actually is, which is like another form of soap opera. Mm-hmm. Just with athletes instead of just straight actors. These are athletic... Athletic mm-hmm. actors.
0: There was, there was a, a show on Netflix about... Hello. No, it's about bad... It's called, I think it's called... Shine. I think it's called Bad Sport. Bad and Sport. It's, it's about... Um, sp- uh, like... Like... Um, crime in sports it's a crime show but it takes place it's like around real sports real or, or fiction no it's real so I watched one last night that was about college basketball and these guys were point shaving back in the 90s and they were like they were like making tons and tons of money but it was it was. but what's it's, it's very dramatic and I'm only bringing this up because like real like real um, uh, mainstream professional sports have a lot of drama in them, but you just have to look for it, oh, yeah. or you have to like pay attention. I don't pay attention. A
1: player who hurt his ankle or something—he like he's on the mend, but he's like, I gotta get out here to play this last game for the championship. I right. can't leave the guys hanging. And it's like, can he manage to get through all four quarters without passing out? Find out. But all all the casual fan sees is, oh boy, the team's out again. So it, I agree with that, but like for in order to keep up with all that, like you have to be
0: like really entrenched. Cause you gotta be into it, and then, and then there's a lot of history you have to know about too. Like, oh, remember them? They were in like the they were like the 1996 series. And I have were, enough trouble remembering how many Final Fantasy games had a Fireaga spell. Like I, okay. acted
1: individual players. I can't do it. They, I, you know how hard it was for me to remember that Persephone was in more than
0: one Castlevania game. You are such a fake gamer, for now. Absolutely. You know what? That's that's also mean. I mean, it's real mean. You're not a real gamer. You're not a real sports fan.
1: Oh, that junk annoys me. I saw a guy post the other day in yeah. a collector's group. He said, "Uh, how did how how many games is too many games? Like, is it possible to have too many games?" Now, the rational, reasonable answer, in my opinion, is that varies on by person. It is based on your financial situation, your family situation, and your actual allotted allowable space.
0: Yeah. Those are the things that determine if there's too many games. And not just allowable space. Space that you're willing to allow. Exactly. Yeah, because I'm not going to fill up my room full exactly. of stuff. Exactly.
1: Now, of course, when someone's like, what well, about time? I'm like, well, this is a collector's group. We already established that they're not going to play all their games. This is a collective. But people were going in there doing the whole, there's never too many games. There's never too many games. Which I was like, eh, whatever. That's just a generic response that people give. But then one guy who got a lot of respected likes for it said, if, there, if you think there's such thing as too many games, you're not a real gamer.
0: Wow. I'm like, wow. you
1: are on crack. Clearly. <laughs> yeah. We should put this guy on horrors because apparently there's no such thing as too many, which means he's probably got a trail leading from the door to the bathroom made entirely of video game cases. But
0: I, I digress. I heard that somewhere this morning. I think, I think it was like a Judge Judy type show. And the guy said like, are you on crack? And I thought that was like the. I feel like that's a really '90s thing to say. <laughs> Boy, you are <all> crap. <laughs> yeah, you know, like you would say that like on the um, on the playground. <laughs> He's acting crazy. All right, so uh, that was me. So we're on to you.
1: All right, so here's my next track. This comes from. I feel like the next few games, you're going to know that I would have picked a game from one of these games because I love the game. I guess I should I should have thought
0: Castlevania would have come up, but we'll we'll see. We'll see.
1: So this next game comes from the game Persona 2 Eternal Punishment, and the track title is Giga Machu, and this is composed by burr, 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 Kinichi Tsuchiya and Toshiko Tasaki. listening to Giga Macho from the game Persona 2 Eternal Punishment originally released on the PlayStation 1 which is the version this track comes from composed by Kenichi Tsuchiya and Toshiko Tasaki. so Giga Macho I want to say because I only been reading about that this part recently mm-hmm. I think this is the name of the location in the Japanese version of the game but in America when they ported it they changed the name of the location to the CDCD the CDCD D. D. So it's a music store. Okay, and I think it's funny because oh, I, I oh, oh. people are like, "Why would they call it the CDC?" I'm like, well, it is a corny name, but CDCD because sound CD sounds like CD sounds like CD, and right. also it's a CD location. Oh,
0: oh they were like saying CD CD. Nope, like this is a CD place. So it's not the letter CDC. It's like CD CD. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool, cool.
1: Now, this is a music store, and at base value, it is literally that. It is a one-floor store that sells music CDs. You go to the counter and actually purchase them and listen to them at the main character's apartment. However, in the version in Persona 2, and the thing that I really love about Persona 2, one of the main gimmicks is a rumor system. Uh, Well, that is a spoiler in a sense, but still play the games if you want to. The whole overall gimmick of the game is that Nyarlathotek, uh, basically the demon of chaos, has... Invoked a weird curse on the city, and that curse is that rumors can become true. Mm. That's also why, in the first game, somehow the final boss of the game is Hitler, because somehow that happened. Uh <laughs> but he invoked this That's curse great. that results in rumors coming true. Oh. So in this particular environment, there's a there's the potential to make a rumor that the CDCD actually has a creepy, like underground, you know, like a secret, you know, back door that leads to an actual creepy dungeon that houses all kinds of bad voodoo secret crap. Okay. So you can spread that rumor, and if you pull it off, the second floor and up like it becomes not just a one floor store but a multi floor dungeon after oh. you go through the secret staff entrance oh neat then there's one more rumor you can spread because this game also has something called rumor demons you know, the idea of, like, you know, urban legends was like, I think if you go to the bathroom and say such as three times, Hanako comes out of the toilet and pulls you in. So you, Which, you, by the way, Hanako's <laughs> in the game.
0: Um, so, oh, wow. So so you cannot just say, like, oh, there's a rumor that there's a hidden, like, dungeon behind the story. You can say there's a rumor that there's some giant monster mm-hmm. that they're using to, like, you know, murder people. Yes. Um, and yeah. if,
1: you, if you pay a specific location that has, like, a, you know, ear to the ground of the city, to spread the rumor on your behalf Mm -hmm. to make the rumor come true so you can actually investigate and do stuff with it. So, in particular, in this dungeon, which is why I chose the track, you can spread the rumor of one of my most ridiculously favorite monsters in a game. Okay. The 100-kilometer-per-hour hag (laughs) is literally a very fast old woman. (laughs) (laughs) And apparently... There's a version of her in the earlier game, Devil Summoner, but in that game she was referred to as Turbo
0: Granny. Turbo Granny.
1: The rumor is that (laughs) if you're driving on the highway and this old lady runs along the side of your car and bangs on your window, you're prone to get into a car accident.
0: That's amazing.
1: And there's a future version of this same monster later in the game called the 200-kilometer-per-hour bogey.
0: That's so cool.
1: And they have I don't other, know why I
0: love that so much. Because it's amazing it's as so, a concept. So strange.
1: And then there's also like other weird ones. Like there's a haunted taxi cab, which is literally a taxi cab that you have to fight. And it does like peel outs and stuff. As oh, a tax. That's, that's awesome. Like it's. These are the kinds of things that like. You can have all kinds of monsters. I bought a gargoyle. I bought mm-hmm. a succubus. I fought a, you know, vampire. But to fight a very fast old woman and a possessed car and the Loch Ness monster <laughs> in a casino like these are the things that make me go i'm going to remember that for later because <laughs> this is amazing
0: like this this is the game this is the game
1: this is for me yeah i lo- i love persona 2 something fierce both games are just so good oh, that's
0: funny this music is awesome like we were just chatting during this the the, the track that like the the, the the this isn't shoji maguro but like, the style and the music from all of these games have such a great feel to them.
1: Mm-hmm. That's why, mm-hmm. like, I think I said this to you a on the break, too. That's why there's, there's a... Aside from not just the gameplay change between Persona 2 and 3, up, but also the music. That's why there's a huge contention between a lot of the old-school fans to the, new, the current fans about the shift because if you listen to both OSTs side by side and when I say both I'm referring to in this case Persona 2 and then Persona 3 because it's just the easiest bridge to work with. Yeah. The style change between the composers of those games and Shoji Maguro coming off Persona 3 it's, it's a huge gap. Like it's so different. Now I didn't care so much because I think his music is good too. I'm happy no matter who's producing oh, yeah. the tunes but If you were to outright say, Perno, which OST do you prefer? I'm going to tell you Persona 2. And when he did the music arrangements for Eternal Punishment and Dennis and Sin, and I said I think he did the arrangement for the Persona 1 PSP re-release too. Mm. More often than not, the original came out on top for me. Not to say that his versions were bad. Except for in one case where I was like, oh god, no. But for the most part, his stuff, the him, the original comp- compositions generally turn out to be better for me. Just because it's just the style of play that is coming out of the speakers, not just who's the better composer. It comes down to the style of music I think they just, choose. There's
0: just like haters, you know, like, they're like oh, it's popular, so I got to like, you know, I like the, I like the original better.
1: Well, thing is, it's a, it's a diff- it depends. In some cases, it could be haters. In some cases, genuine style preference because mm-hmm. the style is so different. It's not just we took the same song. But improve the instrument quality mm-hmm. It is literally We took the same song Remove this instrument Put this instrument in And put a real, real sound in it <laughs> It's like It is extremely different Like if you want on the break I'd recommend you Just listen to this version On the PSP Just so you can see What I'm talking about Like
0: They're like They feel like different songs Ah uh, That's why you were like Hey You Play, gotta get this one Gotta get this version This is the version that I want I like it a lot I think it's cool
1: um, very hip. So also,
0: we're going to move on to my last track. Um, we're going to listen to, uh, I believe, is the ending music from the game Godzilla. Gojero. Godzilla. 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 For the PC Engine CD. This uh, composer is unknown, but it's got a really cool um, uh, uh, symphonic soundtrack. I believe this is the ending music. It sounds very ending-ish. Um, I got to find some gameplay to sort of piece it together, and I'll have that corrected on the uh, the show notes on the website. So here we go. This is Godzilla for the PC Engine CD. Yes, that was in fact the ending theme from the game Godzilla for the PC Engine uh, CD, which is
1: oh, that was <laughs>
0: <laughs> pretty. Like it just kind
1: of crept. like <laughs> oh
0: yeah, yeah. That's, that's it's, it's the track that kind of creeps up on you. Um, this game is a uh, it's more of a fighting game, and it's pretty straightforward. I mean, you are Godzilla, and then it's just like round one, you fight Ghidorah, done. Round two, you fight Mothra. You know, there's like no, there's no like. There's, no, there's nothing happening is in game. Does that see like a monster called Gittador? Gittador. Like G-I-T-A-D-O-R-A? No, it's like G-H-I-D, like Gittador. Oh, okay. Yeah. You had me
1: throw off because Gittador is also the name of
0: the Guitar Freaks Drum Mania combo games in the arcade. I'm like, wait a minute, Gittador. Yeah, definitely a homonym, though, uh, of Gittador. Uh, but this is the ending theme, the credits roll, and the composers are Yumiko, Morinaga, Get Takuya. the sport. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just jumped. I was like, get your own Dora the Explorer. This is ours. This is the Dora the uh, Godzilla. Get a Dora. The the, the Kaiju Explorer. (laughs) Um, Yumiko Morinaga, Takuya Yasuda, and Yuji Yoshikawa. So they were both listed in the credits there as we were watching it scroll by. Kind of a neat looking game. Not a whole lot of like special moves in in action, but there's a lot of different monsters that you fight against in this. Um, So yeah, I like... The new Godzilla uh, movies that were released, like King, uh, Godzilla King of Monsters. And this kind of follows that, where it is like Godzilla just fighting all the other monsters. So that's, the, pr- that's pretty cool. I haven't
1: seen them, but from what I remember hearing someone say in the new movies, they made it out like, it's like Godzilla was like, he befriended humans or humans befriended him.
0: Uh, I think humans are have a very tenuous relationship with Godzilla. <laughs> it's a very complicated because Godzilla is trying to protect the Earth. That's his thing. So yes, he is intending to protect Earth. That's his. That's what he does. Humans are going to get in the way. Mm-hmm. We're, we got cities and and and, and power plants. He's going to step on all of them. Right? All about polluting. So is he like? So it, the concept is
1: that he's doing it because we're polluting and creating. You know.
0: I think originally yes, and also originally like he's kind of the, um, the, the 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 after like the original Godzilla is that he's a um, a morality tale. A little uh, like, oh, the dangers of using nuclear power. Mm-hmm. That's where Godzilla comes from. Oh, okay. Okay. But in this these ones, he's like, yeah, we're protecting the earth. And there's other monsters that are also like coming alive. They've been in the earth forever. And so then he's like, oh, well, I'll protect the earth and go back and make sure that I'm the king of all of them. And they go back down in the water. Oh, okay. So like humans are like, oh, no, um, Mothra, or not Mothra, I got Mothra, but. Or, um, uh, Monster Zero, they call it the one with the three heads. Um, is going around and destroying the world, so we need Godzilla to come out and be like, no, I'm number one, take it out, and then go back to sleep in the water. Can't just give him his own island, huh? Gotta send him back into the water. They live on Monster Island? Or is, or is that or is that King Kong? I don't I know. Actually, Monster Island is more of a peninsula. They ki- <laughs> That's right. I love that. I love that <laughs> so much. Um, the King Kong versus, Kong versus Godzilla was not, not that great. It was interesting but um, I wanted a lot more from the God, from the King Kong story of things.
1: But somebody, I feel like someone, I recall someone claiming that the Kong versus Godzilla movie was actually a direct sequel for that later King Kong movie they did. Yeah. Where, like, he actually didn't die at the end.
0: Yeah, apparently, there were, they, they, they did reference, like, some other stuff, and it was just, like, I don't know what happened, and, like, who really cares. But, like, in the, he lives in the center of the Earth, and gravity's all funny, and it's just, it's so strange. It's so strange. I'll stick with Pacific Rim, I guess. Is yeah. that Charlie Day? Pacific oh yeah, Pacific Rim was, was a lot of fun. And then um, there, there was a, uh, if you have, um, if you watch the new, what's it called? Mystery Science Theater. They have Atlantic Rim. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I love Mystery Science Theater, and especially the new ones. I'm really, really into them. I can't watch that. It's so boring. It is so bad. Like, they can't even come up with good jokes for how bad it is? I mean, I'm sure they are, but like, it, it's just the movie is so bad. It's because it's, it's usually fun if it's like it's so bad it's good. This one, it's just like half the movie is people sitting around like in an office talking about the monsters. Oh man. Yeah. yeah that's not so great. It's really bad. I did see Sharknado. Was it the second one or the third one I hmm. saw?
1: Via Mystery Science Theater, and prior to that, I had never seen a Sharknado movie. That's but, fun. Yeah. But they were doing one in Philly, like a live showing, <laughs> where they actually were out there doing it. Oh, cool! So I was like, oh, I, I'll go into that with some friends, and we went. We sat in the audience, and they made that movie hysterical. Yes, like it was to the point where I was like, I want to, I want to watch the other ones with friends just to riff on them because <laughs> this is
0: ridiculously bad. The um, we saw that one. Um, uh, Kim, our friend Kim, is really into it, and she uh, had us watch uh, Birdemic. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple. There's a, I mean there's a few Sharknado. There's there's like a few sequels. There's like to, four. Yeah, I think I watched. And they all have Ian of. Zierling his career after nine hundred two one zero. Yeah, we watched like three of them, and then we were like, all right, I think we're done with the Sharknado series.
1: <laughs> they always had to come up with different ways to up the ante. I think it was a, when there. Was, I think there was one where they fired a bazooka into the Sharknado to try to stop it. <laughs>
0: I think that. Was, just like it's it's a funny idea of like okay, there's a tornado coming. But then the sharks get sucked. Like, how do you make a tornado more dangerous? What if it sucks up a bunch of sharks? And it just keeps them in the air. Like, they don't die. They just eat uh, shrapnel and building
1: bits. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. What do they subsist on up there? I think Godzilla could handle a Sharknado, though. Well, he didn't have to handle anything. They would just bump into him and they can't even bite into him because his shell is too hard. He would just open up his mouth and the sharks would just like fly into it and it'd no, be they like would, a fun little snack.
1: No, they would try to bite him and their teeth would shatter on his skin.
0: Uh he does have tough skin.
1: Yeah, he would just they would just suffer. Godzilla, he would just make
0: those poor sharks suffer. Godzilla is a chewy monster. He's no, a
1: he rock solid. Steel, rock solid. steel abs working out underwater. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're on to your last track of the set. All right, this one might like be an, out an easy water. choice. Like I feel like when someone hears the track, they're going to immediately know what I'm going to talk about. But let's just get the track out there so we can start rambling about the absurdity of this freaking thing. <laughs> okay. This comes from Final Fantasy VII, and the track title is called Underneath the Rotting Pisa, and the track composer is Nobuo Uitamatsu. Welcome back. You're listening to Underneath the Rotting Pizza from the game Final Fantasy VII, composed by Nobuo Uematsu. A few things to clarify here. Um, longtime listeners know that while I do like Final Fantasy VII, I never really put it on like a, a particular high pedestal, and I also have yet to play the Final Fantasy VII Remake. The reason why I make those things abundantly clear is due to the fact that despite those things... When it came time to choose tracks for this topic,
0: I still knew immediately to come back to this gate. So what's the what's the monster in this area? I, I'm not super familiar with Final Fantasy VII.
1: Oh, I'll get to it. I got I got to build up to this. Oh,
0: thing, oh it's better be good. Oh, it's, oh, it's be good. this better be the biggest monster, the
1: biggest, craziest Godzilla. Uh, you're out. <laughs> so Final Fantasy VII for those that were around back then. It was like the game that was going to put Final Fantasy 7 on, like, the, the Final Fantasy series on the map. More mature. CGI. Well, I guess. Was it considered CGI? I don't know. Basically, cinematic scenes, updated graphics, the works, right? So, a lot of people that were buying into this game were like, this is a mature experience. You know, we're, we're eco-terrors fighting against an evil corporation. You're running through the slums. You're fighting robots and soldiers. And while you're in this particular area of the game, Sector 6, which are slums, essentially, you fight a bunch of different monsters, but nothing comes quite close to the Hell House. Mm. It is a house. Okay. It's a it? little house. This is a house. It is a house. You get into a battle, swirl, 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 and there's a house sitting there <laughs> that launches rockets out of the roof, All and right. it can jump and cause an earthquake and pretty much crush you and do damage. And then eventually, after you do a certain amount of damage to it, it sprouts arms and legs out the sides. That's awesome. And you're fighting this weird robotic house thing. <laughs> I don't know who sat down and said, You know what fits into this zone of the game?
0: A house. I think I think they were looking for new monsters to put in the game, and they ran out, and they were like, well, I made a model for a house. Give it arms. Let's <laughs> put legs on it, man. How the, well, we we'll can give it arms, The house will it? It get around? We'll put some legs on it, too. <laughs> yeah, how, how will the house
1: see where it's going?
0: Man, it's a house. It doesn't need to see. How can it fight our heroes? I mean, it's got a chimney. Throw some missiles coming out of it. <laughs>
1: Missile chimney.
0: <laughs> Missile chimney. That's cool. I, I don't think I realized uh, of that in this game I mean I know i recognize recognized this music right away did you pick this music because it was good or in the yes game yes and no or does it take place around where you fight the house
1: yes and no I'm not sure the
0: house isn't exactly a random encounter it is a random encounter awesome so originally okay. I was
1: going to just choose the fighting theme from the game but I was thinking well I'd rather personalize it and choose the track for the actual area that you fight it in so I went Looked at some YouTube playthrough Let's Plays. Because, mm-hmm. you know, everyone has lots of Let's Plays for Final Fantasy VII Yeah, pl- Plenty of them, yeah. So I went to the area. I basically watched this Let's Play until I got to the area where it plays. And listened to a bit of the music. Confirmed that this is where Hell House spawns at. And then went and looked for this track by going through the entire OST hmm. until I found the track with this title. And I was like, well, the track sounds good, too. So rather than fall back on fighting, which is the name of the theme for fighting theme. I wanted to pick the official track, but trust me, if this was like some like not good track or too atmospheric, I would have just chose the
0: battle theme from the game. Yeah. But I think this is a great track. I love this track. It's It's got this cool, funky synth bass. Um, and, and it's a, got a great name. It's
1: called Underneath the Rotting Pizza. Why would. I don't even know. But it's such a great name. Yeah,
0: it's a very interesting name.
1: And I guess it's gets that title because the Final Fantasy VII premise, at least early on, the city of Midgar is actually underneath like a plate, like a dome. Oh, right. Plate. Yeah.
0: So maybe that's what they were talking about. Yeah. Underneath the giant disc. Maybe the people in the town call it the pizza. Um,. I don't know, it's this track has got some good, good atmosphere. A lot of these sounds are used throughout the game because it's sequenced music. But it's used to great effect. I mean, even here, when he layers this violin... When he layers the toppings. Yo. Know, pepperoni. Mmm, get a load of that sausage. broccoli. Sweet, delicious olives. Meatballs. Uh, oh, yeah! Too many, too many toppings, now.
1: They're all gonna rot! Take them off! Just take them
0: off! Take them off. <gasps> That's better. There it is. Clean pizza. <laughs> 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 oh, I love that. <laughs>
1: it makes me want to go back and play remakes. that has been sitting. I got the original version since they put out Integrator, or whatever. <laughs> nonsensical title they gave it. It's on the PS5 now. I'm still sitting on the, the, the launched PS4 copy. <laughs> Never
0: started it. Because, of course, I didn't. It's a, because it's a, long, I mean a long, it's a long game. Yeah. It's a lot of hours on that thing. And um, the
1: games I easily end up putting the hours to always come out of nowhere. It's like I wanted to play through the World Is With You sequel. I wanted to play through Psychonauts 2, which I actually did get back to a couple days ago. And uh, well, what ends up happening, I get a review code for a game that I never had on my radar. I'm like, you know, I want to play more of this. This is really good. And then I just beat that game. Like, that's why I beat Lamentum. I would have never bought Lamentum mm-hmm. if I didn't get the review code for it first. I'm like, wait a minute, this is actually fun. I
0: like this game now. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like uh, it's enforced new shiny syndrome. You know, oh, shiny. And then you get into it and you're like, wait a minute. I want to keep playing. This.
1: I actually want to keep playing. Yeah,
0: because yeah, I'm about to say, I have no
1: qualms putting down a game after the review is done. Like, all right, I can put this away now. I'm done. Moving on. And that doesn't mean the game is bad. It's just there's so many out there. Yeah, there's, there's you got a lot. And there's a lot to
0: look at. There's a lot to play. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to turn this track down. It's just getting spooky again. Oh, man. It's getting real spooky. Oh, we're going to get to my favorite part here. I'm really excited about my favorite part for now. <laughs> In fact, I'm just going to loop it. comes on. Let's do it over and over.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But I think the Dan
1: and O'Neill is important.
0: It balances it out. I don't want to balance. I want to hear it. <laughs> he just wants it all to pour off the side. I want more. I was like, I, I want to cover my pancakes in syrup over and over again.
1: <laughs> I don't care about the sugar content. I just load this mess up. Diabetes,
0: diahooties. Getting kind of into this groove now.
1: Oh, went, 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 went. Well, no,
0: I've I stopped. It. I've let it go. I've, I've let it go to the slums. Let it go. I've let it go. We're going to we're going to let it go and get into the bonus round. <laughs> bonus
1: round. Bonus round.
0: Uh, the bonus round is where you play covers and remixes on our theme, um, even some arrangements too. I found some uh, pretty cool arrangements. <laughs> <laughs> it's back. It's back in Poghorn. Um, so I was looking at King of Monsters. I, I loved the King of Monsters games on the SNK on the uh, the Neo Geo. I'm wearing my SNK shirt right now, actually. Um, and so, um, I looked at King of Monsters two on the Neo Geo CD. Fantastic music, but there is an arranged uh version of some of the themes in the Neo Geo Battle Coliseum game. Okay. So all I know is that the original composers are Toshi Kazu Tanaka, Toshio Shimizu and Yoshihiko Kitamura, but um, it's arranged completely differently with now, like if I full instrumentation, but the drums are still heavy and crazy.
1: Now, if I remember correctly, Battle Coliseum was the PS2 game that had the girl that fought with Tetris blocks, right?
0: Yes. Yeah, which I think you're super into. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah she's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we're going to listen to it. It's just called King of Monsters Arranged, and it's one of the tracks in the Neo Geo Battle Coliseum. I think it's because um, one of the stages takes place Like, in that world. Like, the background is, like, from King of Monsters. Okay. All right, so here we go. King of Monsters, uh, a ranger unknown. King of Monsters from the game Neo Geo Battle Coliseum. Um, The composer or ranger is unknown, but we know that the King of Monsters composers are Toshikazu Tanaka, Toshio Shimitsu, and Yoshihiko Kitamura. It definitely has a lot of those sound effects, probably from the original King of Monsters through the... How did it go? hi yeah. Ow, ow, ow. Ow, ow, ow. It was just pretty cool, right? Oh, I liked it, but I just couldn't stop going, ow, ow, ow. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I like that. It's because the original um, King of Monsters soundtrack has like, such a heavy, like so drum heavy. Like the drums are super duper loud, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of like really chunky guitar samples they use. But like what, on them- Chunky, not crunchy? Yeah, no, it's chunky, definitely chunky. A little crunchy because they're down sampled pretty, pretty heavily.
1: I guess it depends on the peanut butter. Um. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. You're like,
0: gears of charity. Like, what is he talking about? <laughs> My brain's like, huh? chocolate? <laughs> <laughs> Some chocolate sauce on it? I don't know why. That's a lot of dead space. Um, yeah, so anyway, I'm glad that they it, it had. I was really hoping there'd be an arranged soundtrack to King of Monsters. There's not a full arranged soundtrack, but just at least one track. I'm into it. Um, all right, what did you find, Pernell?
1: All right, so I honestly had to choose a cover remix from this game as my last track because as far as I'm concerned, this game and the franchise in general is the reigning leader, the king, as it were, of Weird Enemy Island, which is actually also a peninsula. Uh, this comes from the game Earthbound, uh. and this is a cover of Battle Against a Weird Opponent, which, funny enough... I chose a cover of a different battle theme from this game from the exact same person episodes ago. Like, maybe ten worlds ago, but still. Um, This is remixed, or rather covered, by Family Jewels. Oh, hey. And it's a treat to the ears. You just listened to "Battle Against a Weird Opponent," a guitar cover done for the game Earthbound by Family
0: Jewels. So, track was freaking banging. Uh, just get that out of the way. That was good. That was I was really really digging that because I I love that song to begin with, but then he really added some really nice, interesting guitar notes. Boom! Yeah, and the bass. That bass. And my was bass. Bangin'. I'm all all about the bass today.
1: That's right. So, for those who don't understand what the heck Earthbound is, first of all, shame on you. Go play Earthbound right now. But second of all, uh, it's a very basic premise because they don't want to go into the weeds. An uh, alien named Gygus comes down. He wants to take over Earth, and he does something weird, resulting in crazy things happening on Earth. Like, literally, that is it. He does something weird, <laughs> causing things to happen, and sentient beings are abound, like living stop signs and stuff. So I just wrote a list of weird enemies in the game because originally I was like, here are the ones I remember, like the unassuming local guy and the annoying party man <laughs> and the strutting evil mushroom, uh, also rambling evil mushroom. But then I was like, I'll just list a bunch of them off. That could be fun just because. So, All right. Oh, awesome.
0: All right. So we're going to get our uh-
1: odd earthbound enemies that Pernell actually wanted to mention, but there are also many more than this. Uh, conducting spirit which is literally just a guy who's being electrocuted and that's the sprite Uh, unassuming local guy he's an unassuming local guy the annoying old party man best known for causing your defense to go down as he regales you of stories of his youth territorial oak it is a living oak tree that explodes into flames when you kill it that's awesome criminal caterpillar (laughs) he's a caterpillar who picks pockets that's, the, my, that's uh,
0: my favorite one so far.
1: The Mad Duck. Okay. He's just a duck with wacky eyes. Dolly's Clock, which is like Salvador Dolly's Clock painting. Oh, man. Crazy Sign. It is an interstate sign that can fight. <laughs> Strutting Evil Mushroom and Rambling Evil Mushroom. They are a pair of mushrooms with legs. Oh. So they just
0: run, they strike, they ramble. The, the, and the mad duck. The mad duck! <laughs> you can't you can't hate the mad duck. Not not the evil goose. Not the evil goose. he's a mad duck.
1: Oh, Joker crazy. You <laughs> got the insane cultist, which is basically the happy happiest with the paintbrushes and the blue cloaks, which mm-hmm. are a little too close to a specific um, trio of one letter. Uh but for the sake of the game it's ridiculous. Handsome Tom is a puppet. <laughs> just a living puppet. Cute little UFO. It's a little UFO, but it's got a bow tie. Aw. Makes it cute. Aw. Mad Taxi. <laughs> you better tip this bad boy. He's going to run over your face. And the wild and woolly Shambler. I can't even describe him. He's like a little furry thing with, like, tentacle arms. <laughs> but then, of course, the one that a lot of people know is, like, Master Belch, which is just a living pile of puke.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Well, it's just, but there's yeah, that some,
0: That one. That one will. That one will stick out, wouldn't it?
1: Oh yeah, he was also on a Scratch and stink card. Oh, that's
0: fantastic.
1: <laughs> so isn't, like, that,
0: isn't that isn't that a nice little treat?
1: <laughs> delectable. Mr. Molecule, all kinds, so many cool, weird enemies in this game. And I I just love them. Like I owe Earthbound so much for like my taste in games that I already had a taste in games before I played Earthbound, mind you. Mm-hmm. Just EarthBound had such an impact on me that it literally changed it. Like, that's why I play Persona. That's how much of an impact Mm. it had on my taste
0: in games. It moved you into RPGs or just that style of RPG?
1: That specific style of RPG, more modernized games, because Mm -hmm. it's one thing to say in a tale of swords and sorcery, you're fighting goblins and ghouls. Oh, 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 oh in the a, setting. Yeah. yeah. Now you're like, it's a modern age. How do you make the modern age into an RPG adventure? Uh, I thought you were talking about, wacky. Like, it's a
0: modern RPG, but no, no, it takes place like in present day, in present or day, present-ish day. Yeah.
1: Cause I feel like it takes a little bit more creativity sometimes mm-hmm. there too. Like it's one thing to say, which admittedly i still would play it. If you were like, it's a modern day game. But we just took a bunch of fantasy monsters and dumped them on Earth. Mm. Uh, a lot of games like to do a thing where it's like, it's a modern day, but we just teleported the guy to a fantasy kingdom. Like, well, what the heck happened? Nothing's
0: different. Yeah, that seems like a common kind of trope, too, especially like an anime. Too. Yeah,
1: the, yeah, oh, the izakai. <laughs> but it's something entirely different when you're like, we're not going to take you away from the urban, the modern day setting. We're just going to twist it mm. to make it work as this style of game. Creative enemies, which is also why like Yakuza Seven is really cool to me. Because what's an enemy in that game? A man and a bag of garbage just running up and down the street. Like there's your <laughs> enemy. Fight this guy. A uh, really large guy with a vest, <laughs> but he's also carrying like a slim gym. Like okay, <laughs> fight him too. I guess.
0: Like all right, it's getting weird. I like when games get weird. Just get weird. Get weird. It, it they should, should be more weird. Is what you're saying? More weird. Excellent. Well, for more weird. And more information on the bonus round, go to rhythmandpixels.com where we have links to band camps and SoundClouds and bios and everywhere where you can go and buy the music, download the music, and support these artists. All right, thanks for joining us on episode 30-2 of Rhythm and Pixels. This is Monsters, pronounced favorites. Oh, yeah. My Monsters.
1: (laughs) And I love that you chose this track to go out on because I didn't pick this game or this series even, but I was really on the fence about it because Monster Rancher, oh, that's my jam, like Mm -hmm. Pixie Swayzo's. The Mew, which is just a patch, like a patchwork cat.
0: There's so many like little creatures in these games. Um, I really love the music, especially to this one, because it's just it's it's just so fun and it's lively and never really gets that dark, you know.
1: Oh yeah, all these games are like that. There's nothing dark about them. Like the premises generally involve you being an amateur monster tamer. And you are raising monsters on a farm. Like you basically go, you go to a CD shrine because apparently that's what you do. And you put a CD on the CD shrine podium, which generates a monster. And you take the monster home and you raise it until it dies. <laughs> <laughs> like, and that's the thing. That's, that's the saddest thing about like everyone in this day and age. You're all used to Pokemon and Digimon and Lulumon and Gugumon, but. None of these people have had to experience a game where you raise a monster until it dies. Though, if I'm not mistaken, I think there is one version of Digimon that does have monsters that pass away. Wow! Like next, I think it's called like Next Order or something. But if you're playing like Cyber Sleuth, they don't die in that game. Mm. Uh, I think I think Game Fan 44 is playing Cyber Sleuth right now. Yeah, they don't die in that game. But if you play Next Order, oh, they die. <laughs> uh, but it's something really heartfelt about. Raising this really cool monster, you take him training, you feed it, you pet it sometimes, you scold it when it does things wrong, and you take him through the tournament, he's kicking butt, and just as he's about to go to the final cup, you go to bed the next morning, he's dead!
0: That's awful. And
1: you're like, oh my god! Like, you reload your old save file, you cryogenically freeze it so he lives
0: forever in an ice shell, because it's better than watching your friend die, that's for sure. That's awful it's like it's like your little your little monster from monster is just floating at the top of the bowl
1: yeah that's, uh, that's what happened the first time it happened i damn near cry like i was playing the very first monster rancher and the first monster type i raised in that game was a worm mm-hmm. literally just a worm with a needle that comes out of his butt and i took good care of him i fed him we got into the tournaments i was learning the ropes of the game yeah having a great time and just as I was really getting used to it, I woke up. And like, oh, what it does? Like, you go to bed, and in the middle of the night, it shows like this overnight sequence where, like, the monster curls up and dies, and oh, then the God. sun comes up. it's like your trainer campaign? Because it's like, oh no, while you we were asleep, such and such passed away, and then you have a funeral for the monster, and it reels <laughs> the stats of the monster before it passed, like the most battles it fought, you know, the highest wow, grade it wow.
0: reached. I guess it's a way. I mean. Mechanically, they're trying to get the, the player to, to create new monsters and, and to do more rather than just stick with one through the whole game. But that's sad. That's a sad way to do it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it hits. Well, it's a good thing that this music is so lively to go along with it.
1: Oh, trust me. The funeral music is not lively. No. <laughs> it is very funeral-esque.
0: Oh, man. It's a dirge. <laughs> um... Wow. Well, if you want to uh, send um, regrets, if you want to send <laughs> condolences, condolences uh, send it our way. To he our- was happy dude. That was the name of the worm. Happy dude. Happy dude. Oh man, that's like my super dude Charmander. <laughs> you had a- you had a happy dude little little needle butt worm. <laughs> um, yeah. Send us send us your your Pokemon names and your Digimon names to our email, RhythmAndPixels at hotmail No, but really, you can just like. Say hi or just if you have suggestions or just topics or if you just want to say hello, the, that email is the best way to do it. Um, and if you want a full track listing of this episode and access to all of our episodes, go to the website. com, And there you can listen to the music, uh, to the, 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 the podcast, and you can download the podcast as well. I think on Spotify, it only goes back to World 15. So, I mean, that's that's like over 150 some episodes that just aren't on a normal Podcast thing,
1: so they're only accessible on the website now.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah,
1: this goes to show how many episodes we've we done.
0: Yeah, it only the thing only captures like 150, I think is the max. I think you could do more, but then like the 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 feed file gets too big to load or something. You have, you start getting weird stuff, mm. which is fine. You know what? At this point, I'm okay with it. For a while, I was really upset that that was happening,
1: but as long as they're stored somewhere that's what man?
0: Yeah, they're 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 out there. Um, I might backlog them and. Start uploading them to YouTube. but That, that takes a lot of time. Uh, but yeah, you can check us out on YouTube. YouTube.com slash Rhythm and Pixels. Our episodes are uploaded there as well. And we also have a 24-7 radio station playing nothing but 8-bit and 16-bit classics. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. It's Rhythm and Pixels, all one word. And if you want to support the show, you can subscribe to us on iTunes or on Spotify or just you know anywhere where you're listening to the show and there's a subscribe button. It helps us if you press it. That's mm-hmm. always always a good thing to do. You can also um, uh, support us by going to rhythmandpixels.com slash merch. You can get some cool uh, video game music t-shirts there. We have a wide selection of uh, game music themed t-shirts and just in-jokes that we have done here. Um, The Rhythm of the Pixels, I think, is one of my (laughs) my new favorites. So you can check that out there. Um, You can also support us by going to patreon.com slash rhythmandpixels and as a member there, at any level, you get access to a weekly prequel episode, a monthly live streamed episode where we live stream the the episode recording in front of our audience um, and access to all sorts of uh, cool goodies and fun stuff like mugs and stickers and things like that. So go to patreon.com slash rhythm and pixels. And then everyone at the highest levels of donation, we'd like to thank them. Uh, Frankly Zappa, Kristen, Mike Myers, Alf person, fashion, eighty sixty, Andreas Melberg, Brian Pitt, Cameron Worma, Carlos Kung Fu Carlito from the Heroes 3 podcast Chris Wisner aka Musashi 219 the wise guy Christopher Sandstrom, Davey Cakes David Taylor Harold Howard Justin Schneider from XVGM Radio uh, who is another great VGM music podcast VGM music VGM podcast he does with uh, Mike Levy um, and also runs a Plex server thank you so much (laughs) he is a hero he he has like a Plex server newsletter that comes out, which is pretty cool Wonderful man. A hero, a hero to all of us. Um, Michael Bridgewater from the Forever Sound Version VGM podcast. Also check him out as MeBree64 on Twitch. He's just kicking out. He's like he's like the DJ of the Commodore 64 demo scene.
1: The wiki wiki wild it's DJ.
0: really cool. Yeah, he actually does like DJ sets also um, for, I guess, remote demo scene party or demo party sessions. Uh, I want to thank Rage Cage, Reinhardt Zelkova, Smore. Uh, Steve Miller, Taco, The Autistic Gamer 89, and Ed Wilson from the VG Embassy. Embassy, embassy, embassy. Embassy? Thank embassy. embassy. <laughs> ah, oh. ah. I, I heard that. Um, anyway, thank you everybody here <laughs> and, and many more. Many, 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 many more for supporting the show. That band, I heard them in Seattle. Really? In a, um, in a vintage shop. They were playing all this classic hip hop and I and I listened to that album on tape, like back to back, over and over and over again when it was I was a really good school. album. But who was the, who was the
1: group? Couldn't tell you. Take me to another place. Yeah, man. Let me understand you're playing Um Rap. But as I told you, most most of my youth music, I
0: don't know who wrote any of it. I just know the songs. Arrested Development. Oh, that was a great TV show. Yeah, that was the name of the band. Oh. Same name. Yeah, I remember. Um, they had a... give a man a fish, he will eat for a day. Teach him how to fish, and he will live forever. They had a lot of songs that like that. That sounds like a song they just slapped into like an
1: episode of Sesame Street, or <laughs>
0: <laughs> a lot of like yeah, positive rap, very positive rap music. Um, yeah. So uh, next week, um, will be either a um, a bonus mixtape or um. Or not much else going on.
1: I thought it's a matter of if I am making time for it, but I thought about recording, like, or at least some giving the track names and like having like a record of like j- gibberish for me saying it. But like the the sound of likes episode, because it would be fitting for that, mm-hmm. because that would be a total of six tracks because it's two, four, six, and it would just be like two
0: tracks and here's me saying some nonsense. Yeah, if you want, yeah, that would be great if you want to send that to me. I can just stitch it together. Okay, that'd be good to go. All right, um, so that is what we've got going on next week. Hopefully, that'll work out. If not, just let me know. Okay. And um, that's all. That's all I've got. Thanks for listening to the show. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Praniel. Have a great week, please. (laughs) (laughs) And
1: remember, um, video games, well, we have hit an age now where we're getting so many releases at any given time, and the general vibe of those games for people tends to be blitzing them, getting from beginning to the end as fast as possible to move on to the next product. And I get why. I mean, you want to experience as much as you can. There's a lot of games out there and so little time. But, just like the idea behind this episode of me trying to remember all these different monsters from all these games, sometimes you want to take a little bit more of your time getting through them because it's easier to cement what you're taking in when you play through a game world if you do it more slowly, it's like it's the equivalent of like marathoning a Netflix show versus watching an episode a week. Mm. You know, you remember the plot lines a little bit more clearly. You remember the narrative, you know, thread lines as opposed to what happened. Bunch of people played some board games and died. I don't know. Um, so, I mean, that's the shtick. Like, try to take some time, explore, become, engage the game world. Don't just blitz through it. Mm. You'll enjoy your product more. You spent the money on
0: it, so. Yeah. Smell the roses. The digital roses. Smell them, digital roses. Baby, cook it.